Well, hello there, and welcome to this Calvary Longview audio message. We're so glad you've chosen to take a moment to discover with us the truth that can be found in the Bible, and we pray that you'll be blessed by what you hear. Today, Pastor Al is going to be sharing with us a message from Paul's first letter to Timothy. We can't wait to get into God's Word, so crack open your Bible, grab your note-taking tools, and we'll get started. Three and then some. How they 
message. You're learning in order for the ministry to be going in the right direction. He's got to speak to the right message. And you know what? We have to have no other doctrine. And that's what Paul said in chapter 1. He told Timothy, make sure that you have no other doctrine. Teach is the main thing. So leadership in the church is very important. And then also leadership in families, businesses, uh, you know, uh, marriages, you know, we need that godly leadership. And families, we need the families now, men and women, so this, you know, will be addressed to Timothy, but it's, it's going to read it to everyone in the church. And so it's being the families and the parents, how we're to have that good example of godly leadership in our lives. We know Christ, we were born again. And so we speak to our children that are out there. To the children that so uh, need to see an example, they're not going to find it at school. They're not going to find it necessarily in the playground, but they're going to find it in the homes. They're going to find it with the moms and dads and the oldest siblings. They're going to find that godly leadership, and that is so important to display that godly leadership. And you know, this thing you think about going outside of our homes to our neighbors, our coworkers. And everything about what we do now that we've been saved is to justify how a wretch like me that has been saved is being changed by Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by His Word. And so He gives us these things that just, you know, He speaks to our hearts. The Lord speaks to our hearts about these things. It's so incredible. But sadly, I've been trying to change, spiritual change. Kind of lies dormant in the lives of believers because we don't want to do, but we don't want to do it, or we don't know how to do it. It's kind of missing the mark from the you know 18 inches from the edge of the heart. And the, the way that we begin to transfer from here to here is by doing what we heard, responding to what God's word says. And that's what Paul is saying. He is going to do the same thing here. And so he says, actually, be the people. There's no different way. There's not going to be a formula download. You know, this when Christian comes out with how, you know, I have this thing about me. I've got to make sure all apps are up to the level. I just, you know, I see that notification. I have to turn it off because I have to answer the same with text or email or anything like that. I'll turn notifications off. But, but, but there is no the Christian 2.0. Oh, here's the Christian 14.1. Or the Christian 15.1. We've got to be this you and I. Developing a relationship with Jesus Christ, being in the Word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to change our lives. But one day we're going to be with Him. We're going to be with Him forever. And I can't wait for that day. And He's given us that uh, hope. But He's also, until that time, I mean, we've walked with the Lord for 30 years, and, and He's done a lot of work, and He's done a lot of work, but He's still got a lot of work to do. And so, action is needed. Action on your part, action on my part. Action is needed. This is all things they want. This is what you have to be. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so, Paul, that word Timothy is the name of these false teachers. And he said, Beware of them because they come out with this fuzzy message. You know, it's heavy on prosperity, light on sin, you know, kind of thing. That was verses uh, 3 through 10. And then he said, Watch out, it's a man of greed. Watch out for that stuff because you know what? The, the, the whole piece is they have these bad motives, and they're always going to express this thing like, if you're not wealthy, then, then you're not 
not living a godly life, or you don't have enough faith. Like if wealth is a sign of godliness, you know. And remember when Paul said in the sixth verse, because he gave this theory on, in the sixth verse, in the sixth chapter, he says, Oh, godliness is contentment, and with contentment is great gain. And so, what that means is godliness does not have a finance, it has to have financial gain attached to it. Rather, godliness in itself is gain when it's accompanied with contentment. And so, we're just content, also, whatever state I'm in, I'm going to be content. I have, well, I have God, it doesn't matter. I have Christ. And that's the message to the church, is that the reassuring message that what the church is repetitive in a sense is like, look, if you're looking for things to make you happy, if you're looking for, uh, you know, material, physical, all these things, even uh, if to be relational, things to make you happy, you're going to be empty. Because the one that fills us is the one that can only fill you is Christ. There's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's what Paul is saying. It's Christ that's living in me. I can crucify, you know. And so on the subject of grief, verses 3 through 10, Paul was warned, you know, he speaks in more activity that, you know, you need to stay away from these guys. You need to watch out for these guys. You need to be warned. The church today needs to be warned of the same thing. Watch out, but because the message of doctrine is not prosperity, the doctrine is Jesus Christ and being crucified. And that's what's going to save lives. And we don't, want to, we don't want to mix that message up. We don't want to dilute it. We don't want to make it money. It's simply Jesus Christ. Paul said to the Christians, I determined not to tell you anything for Jesus Christ and being crucified. Well, that message is there. People don't want to get saved. Because that's their choice. They don't want to go to heaven. That's their choice. But I'm going to preach the message of saves. I'm going to preach the message that changes lives. And so, you know, we have this thing here that Paul tells uh, Timothy that those teachers, they teach that. They teach that erroneous doctrine. They teach that greed. They teach that richness, godliness. Those teachers that teach that, some people may follow that. But, as he says in verse 11, he's addressing the man of God, but you, O man of God. For the women as well, he's addressing the man, or he's addressing Timothy, but it doesn't matter, he's going to be read in the church, and we, none of us can have that, that uh, greed in our lives. For anything, greed. And it, it's going to apply to each and every one of us, and here he touches uh, the life of Timothy, and he addresses him, but you, O oh man of God. And he says that Timothy, you know, you are going to be different. And that goes to every one of us that proclaim the blood of Jesus. We're going to be different than that which is out there striving for gain, striving to live for what is out, you know, what can I get out of this? What is in it for me? How can I get more out of this world than, than what I can be living? Well, why would you want to do that? And so Paul draws this clear distinction between Timothy and these other false teachers, and he warned them to stay away from them. Look at verse 5, he says, from such withdraw yourself. So after he tells them that, now he's going to tell them right now, you, you, oh man of God, he's going to lead them in the right direction. So it's not just saying, just leave, you know, you've got to kind of leave and cleave uh, in this situation. So he's going to tell them here, He's going to point them in the right direction. So, you know, you think of your life, you may or may not be a young pastor, a young disciple. You may not be a, you know, whatever it is, that you may or may not be a, you know, young Timothy. But you may be. But when we draw application 
to be that man of God, that woman of God. How can you be that person that you, Lord, want me to be? I'm going to set that example. So, that's it. When you and I set that example in this direction, we're not only going to be leading ourselves, but we're going to be leading others. So, yes, Paul's talking about finances here. He's talking about, you know, the greed of money. But listen, the thing is, we can be greedy for anything. So he says here, kids, but you, and the word but you is a definite contrast to in verse 7, which says, stop, some of the other things that are going to be changed after reading. Paul is a man of God. You're going to be the opposite. But you, a man of God. I told you about this case, but you are to be different. This is the distinction there. It's our thing. And it doesn't stop with church leadership. Again, it's for every one of us. We are all to do the same thing. We're all, all of our ears to perk up when we hear this. But, see, remember when uh, Paul wrote in, in uh, Ephesians and he said, you know, they're talking about our past, and he knows just a precious past of him. And in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, but God is so thankful for that. Our ears perk up, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, okay. so thankful for the Lord, so thankful for. Yes, but God is rich in faith and mercy. So thank you. So they are here for a company says that, you know, but you, because, you know, he says, we are, he's going to point out four things here. But you, O man of God, today, again, he's not trusting the world, he's trusting the church. The first thing he's going to point out here is three temptations. But you, O man of God, please, please, these things, the pursuit of, uh, and pursue, Godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. It's just flee. The flee is to actually means to run away. This is done. Imagine if you're in the store in today's world, or you're around with rich people, and somebody comes out with this hockey, this is this cough that is 20 feet away. What are you going to do? I mean, really, people will flee. I mean, it's like they're not bothering in the head, but you know, it's just what it is because the virus is not in there. They're going to flee, they're going to leave, they're going to split, you know. And that's the idea here. That's the message. Flee, you know, flee the presence of them. So, flee what things again? Flee the greed. He's talking about that from verses 3 through 10. Flee the greed. And then the, the warning has everything to do with us fleeing. The pursuit of the love of money or the greediness of life, uh, it is the desire to be rich, and the erroneous teaching that leads up to such hypocrisy. Just flee that stuff. You know, flee it. Sometimes we try to make life actually more. You know, we try to fill it with more things or more. You know, what can I get more out of this life? And I mean, like I said, you can't. You, you, you don't want any more than what you can take with you. So what do we want out of life? And Paul says, you know, flee these things. So the priest became, by only doing zero, we got a bucket list. You've seen movies about bucket list. You know, I have a bucket list. I don't have a bucket list. I'll tell you what it is. Who is Jesus? That's me, Paul. Paul says, you know, the Lord. You know, I let me do this. Just get out of here. So you see this thing where Paul says, I was talking about temptation, the word temptation as a new word. That is, I can't, it's tempting to say that to be tempted. So, you know, it has everything to do with trying to get you and I to do what we should be doing or go after things that we shouldn't be going after. So he says, please, those things, you even have those desires. Some of us have those different desires. 
desire to go after things that just God doesn't want in our lives. They say, but you, O man of God, are you, O woman of God, see these things. Please, please. And so, you know, when we think about that, we think, well, what do I do now? You know, I, we have this place that we get to, and maybe we've been in this place to where this, uh, you know, we've been following God, and we've been greedy, we're going after it, and, you know, whatever, whatever the greed is, whether it's a risk for money or a way of life, and you think, this, this message is really that it still speaks more to the audience today, and because it caters to the flesh. I mean, just think about it. Can I just have one more for you? One more topic. Can I have, you know, let's just go here. Let's do that, you know. Uh, we, we want to cater to the flesh, and that's what the greed is. But if we get caught up in that, this is this counsel there that, that the Lord gives us where he says, have patience when it's out there and try to hit us to come in a direction that we shouldn't go. Remember, Paul said in verse 13, he said, no temptation has overtaken us as the sovereign man, but God is faithful. Don't ever forget that. You might be tempted, it's not God tempting you, but he is faithful. He's not going to allow you to be tempted for the miracle of what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. But we have a change of Jesus Christ. You think about that because for the tempted, for the Christian is tempted, what do we do? We call it the Christ. There's that, there's that battle, there's that biblical fight, the focus. So we're either we're going to cave in, and it's not like, I'll give you the example of my life when I first got saved, since being a drug addict, all this stuff, but some of the things that were combined with them, they thought was, you know, my old friends thought were attracted to me with drugs and alcohol and all the, all the lifestyle that I lived. But that, those drugs couldn't jump off that table and leap up to me and grab me, you know, you know, that's what you guys do. I had the power to walk away. I had the power to say, no, this is a drug just anything. My flesh was fighting. My flesh fights saying, oh, but come on, one more time, one more life, you know. One more joke, one more smoke, one more joke, whatever. But we're to flee those things. So we know, for you and I, we have Christ to call upon. We have power over this stuff. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, and we don't have to live our lives in that way. Fighting this temptation, fighting these things. So for the believer, we have the way of escape. But for the non-believer, you know, before I was saved, or before I gave my life to Christ, I was the best, and I didn't have any power, so I had to get the power, I had to get Christ. Because the only way to escape still was Jesus Christ. The only way to be forgiven, the only way to be set free, the only way to have power over that life to break that bond, that bondage was Christ. And so what you're being tempted or need salvation, the, the same answer is Jesus Christ. So he says, listen, but you are to flee these things. So if you think, look at the value of the world that is today. How much of it do you want? This is really, right? I mean, it's like, I am so satisfied with getting out of here, being all with Jesus. I'm right. And I've always been that way, but it just shows the value today of what this world is. So he says, flee these things. And then he says, follow us. So not only do we flee, but then we follow after or pursue. Follow after righteousness, right? In verse 2 he says, and pursue righteousness. But this pursuing is, it means to follow after the press forward. 
the temptation is when, when we want to take things in our own hands and when things don't go the way that we feel that they should go or anything like that, we're willing to take things in our own hands and think. If the Lord wants you to be, you know, is going down to keep me in the context in verses 3 through 10, if the Lord wanted somebody to be wealthy, he's blessed with wealth. He doesn't have to work for it. He's blessed with wealth. He's blessed with wealth. But he has a plan to where he, he allows people that have a gift to take care of the stewardship that he's given to them. But we trust in him. Whether you're rich or poor, you have to have that. You still got to trust the Lord. And so you're having this thing. We're not running after these things. We're not, well, well, I don't want you to do that. And you want to feel like running after these things. You say, it's not your thing. But look at where that guy's in the back. So you're faith. And that's what he wants to, you know, he wants us in our lives to continue to have. It's just faith. Perceive faith. And then you can check the dashboard of your own heart and see his faith. Where it says, the light on, you know, by so you have this thing where you have these gauges. But what about the gauges of faith? What about, as you can tell, some people say, well, yeah, because you've got to pray all the time. So you think about it. And you know what it is? It comes down to a lot of people think. They'll pray. Pray and keep being God in prayer. So faith. And then he says, love. The love pursuing love is the greatest gift. So if you want to be wealthy, get a lot of love. Right? So have this love. And then there's an unconditional love, too. It's a charity love. It's a love, agapeo, which we're going to give regardless of whether it's very to be given or not. We're going to love one another. And then, and then, patience. And you know, white why can't we pursue patience when we're not getting the one yet? This is, this is our past. But for real patience, we need to exercise patience when we're trusting in the Lord. Look at Are we asking God? Are we throwing up this battle, throwing up this prayer, and trying to figure things out? I ask people. Okay? Today, man, I expect to pray for me on that one. I don't have much patience with the things going on around me. Our board knows our leaders know. Thank God for that. Patience, now the exercise is patience. Are we resting in it? While we're waiting for the answer, are we resting in it? And then he says, in gentleness. And that means patience is strength under control. The oldest man is created in meek spirit in this, namely towards uh, the opponents of the gospel. So the opposition that's out there, you see a lot of that today, look at how patience is hard and difficult, but we got to do that. Like we are. I believe people watch the same voting I try to take care of it, and then, you know, it's just not the Lord. Listen, 2 Timothy 22 we also use the lust, but for three righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see, where are we going to find those who should be calling on the Lord with a pure heart? Well, it's not going to be a disaster. It's not going to be somebody like you over there asking, hey, come on, man, I'm going to just take a little edge off. I'm going to go something. Somebody's not. There's somebody going to find that righteousness. You see, where we're going to go to find righteousness is with one another. Imperfect people, trusting God, going to the fellowship, to be in fellowship to say that I need to be where God. 
months that uh, Elaine and I have been in the car and all the way we can have gotten somewhere. I don't need to go home. Uh, you know, and she you know, knows that I like it. We'll go home and I'll set up the thing. I need to go home. 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 Thank you. 
you find yourself living as a, a man of greed versus greed compared to a man of God. Greed, it can't be anything. It doesn't money, but a man of greed or a woman of greed. I just show up in those houses that they always let us in. This gal and this, they manifest, they manifest the, uh, what is the horse racing in Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. They got married, they say, they're in the river house in North Australia. The funny thing was, we always pick out a fourth house and we go out to it. And my wife goes, right after the baby, what did the gal say to whatever she says? That was true. Whatever she says, but she said, I want to be five of you. I want to use the right here by 45 hours. I want to be five of you. It's like, what do you know? What do you know? It's like, it's not to be our way. So, read us a little bit again. So, here's the fourth thing. One, do you find yourself in temptation? Do you find yourself in temptation and overtaking you? When you stand this morning, you say, I, for the command that I'm going to be following Christ, I'm laying down the temptation of innovation. Number three, do you find yourself pursuing righteousness? You know, this morning, when we were making a confession, I need to pursue Christ. Listen, he's always there. He's always going to say, you know what, I love you, I care for you. But you've got to pursue this company. Are you pursuing that company and yourself on the cross? You've got to work that. You've got to work it back and feel the human responsibility. And then the third thing is, you ever find yourself fighting and fighting, fighting the faith? Are you still fighting the world because things are strong and hard and hard to grow? And number four, are you able to be so alive and hopefully we can? And to wrap up the world, can't wait for those things that I have to explain. It's just Christ is the answer. Stop fighting yourself and being Jesus we hope you've enjoyed spending this time in god's word and our prayer is that you'll take it with you and apply it to your life if you'd like to learn more about calvary longview visit our website at cclongview.com. While you're there, you can find more teachings, request prayer, or even find out how you can get involved with what God is doing in our city. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you back here next time. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.